Hey everyone, I just wanted to go on record to say that this will be our last occurrence for a while. I've recently fallen into some trouble with the law, and I'm going to be selling off my assets that are worth anything to pay for my upcoming legal battles, including my MacBook and all the stuff that I use to do our podcast. I know that this comes as a shock to many of you, and I'm so thankful for all of you that have supported us since we started this back in January. You'll still be able to listen to this occurrence and all of our previous occurrences, at least until the end of this year, whenever my Podbean account expires. So until then, thanks for listening, and red pants. <laughs> April Fool's bitches, we're not going anywhere. Recorded with the most ill of intentions from Fort Worth, Texas, it's RoboTuner's Insignificant Podcast. Occurrence 12. Monday, March 30th, 2015. In the year of the Ram. And greetings, RoboTuner coming at you from Castle Fujiwa, back again with that no-budget podcasting style for your listening, enjoyment, amusement, disgust, or all of the above. Take your pick. Yes, we are broadcasting one day late this time because we had to deal... Shit, that's loud. (laughs) We had to deal with the fallout from an unexpected incident which occurred yesterday afternoon. We isn't who, Matt? Anyone in this house. And who might that be? You, I, and your boy. And my girl, what are you getting at? You didn't introduce me. Okay. <sighs> once again, let me. W- once again, here is my everlasting romantic life pa- partner, Shelley. Hi. Delated. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so about three thirty yesterday afternoon. I was hanging out in our den with my daughter, playing The Adventures of Lola, which I've almost beaten, by the way. only took me 26 years to do it. I was an Azel. Yes, you were. Mm -hmm. That's right. You weren't here when this happened. Mm -mm. When all of a sudden, I heard a huge glass shattering that came from your boy's room. I immediately got up and ran ran to the front bedroom there, make sure he was okay, because I thought it was one of his framed posters that it th- that may have slipped off the wall accidentally. Yeah, because we just hung those up yesterday. Yeah. And I thought maybe one of them slipped off a nail. So I go in there. One of his panes on his window was completely shattered. And the first question I asked him, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. So I ran out the front door, went down to the street, looked both ways to see if there were any cars or anybody running away. And I didn't see anybody. And then I looked right by the window on the outside to see if there was anything that may have been thrown at it or could have hit it. And I didn't I didn't really see anything. You saw feathers. Yeah, I saw feathers, so it's possible it could have been a bird. Then I I don't know. Anyway, I went ahead and then I called the the police just so I could file file an official report with them. And today I stayed home for work so a glass tech could come out and replace the paint. It actually wasn't too expensive. It was actually a lot cheaper than I thought it was gonna be. Fortunately, because that paint is so small, I didn't really expect to cl- clean up shards of glass. 
yesterday on the floor. We also, along with that, we also had a, an event on Saturday called the Great Bush Purge. Amongst our renovation projects here at Castle Fujiwa, which we had inherited as a result of buying this exquisite property, all the shrubbery, shrubbery against our back, our back fence had grown out of control, and my grandparents didn't do anything to take care of them or to trim them back. They just let it grow and grow and grow. Saturday, we decided to chop them all, mm-hmm. and that took up the, the majority of the afternoon. And I got this awful rash on me, too, from something that's in our backyard. I don't know what it's from. I think it's by one of our sheds. Yeah, it was... Uh it was one of those, why did I start this project project? Because mm. now I can see into their backyard, and I don't like it. Well, we could have we uh, trimmed them a little, a little taller than we did. It's kind of well, late now, though. I think, I think they'll, they'll start growing. Yeah. And then blooming now that spring is here. Saturday night, my band played in Denton at the famous Andes. Yes. Which, ever since I started performing there again in the last year or so, I have not seen Andy there. Back in 2001 and through 2003 when I was in Steadfast, we played there all the time. Andy was always there, either running sound or working the bar. He was always there doing stuff, but now I never see him. Well, I think this is one of your um, more populated shows, and I think the reason why... It's an important show for you guys is because these are not your normal, these aren't your typical viewers of the confounded. That is true. When you have big crowds, it's usually people you know that come. And so to have this big of a crowd and it's not your normal people that you know. followers, right. Yeah, I think that's why it was so important because... There were so many people there that were new to your music and they were able to witness it on a different, you know, from, hey, I know these guys. It was like, hey, these guys are all right. And we didn't sell many CDs, but there was one guy who really wanted one, didn't have any money. So I gave him one. He paid a dollar for a a pen and a sticker. And I was like, here, just have a CD. And then another lady came over and she bought a CD and I gave her a sticker and a pen. So oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that we s- actually sold any merch or got rid of any. Oh, yeah. Because I know you're, we, you're usually the one that's in charge of that. Yeah, you guys usually sell at least one CD per show, at least. So cool. that's good. You're getting out there. Yes, yes. And the reason why the reason why it, it was kind of a good change of pace this time around is because we played with two very... Uh, very heavy bands, two metal bands. One was Chroma, and the other one was White Knuckle. You know, I thought that the lineup was kind of odd because the first person that played was just like a single guy playing a guitar. Yeah, it was just a, a solo a singer-songwriter playing a Telecaster. Yeah. And it would make more sense for you guys to have gone on after, after him. him. Yeah. But here's where I'm at. I think you had the prime spot. This is why. Most of those people were there to see Chroma. Chroma, yeah. They didn't show up until midway through the first set. A lot of them didn't. From White Knuckles. White Knuckles, yeah. 
And so by that time, you had all these people there to see Chroma, waiting to see Chroma, watching y'all. So yeah. I think you guys had the prime spot. Yeah, so do I. Mm-hmm. Show was a l- just a little rough around the edges, but uh, I think the crowd reception was awesome. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, and it was kind of cool to see Chroma also because their drummer, Travis, was in Within Chaos, which is John's previous band. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Josh Weaver, who is their bassist, who used to be the roadie for Whiskey Dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You I know, haven't seen him in, I think, three years before I saw him. I think Josh did really well on praising the other uh Josh Reed, bands. our singer. Yeah, praising the other bands. And I think that... Because he did that so much that people were turning around and they were like, hey. But I wanted to point out this one girl. She came and she sat at the bar. And she only stayed for the confounded. And I'd never seen her at any show before. And she's the one that came over and bought a CD. She really liked your music. Really, really liked your music. She was sitting there with her head. And I watch people. Because I want to see what the reaction is to your music. And I watch how people react. And and one of the things that always happens at your shows is all most people from the bands come straight up to the stage and watch y'all play. They <laughs> <laughs> Really, Shiner? <laughs> they watch y'all Kay. play. And I think that's that's important, too, because that shows how great of musicians you are. I'm not trying to praise the confounded or anything here, but I mean it was a really great show. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Doug, what is your deal? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, thanks. Thanks, Shiner, idiot. <laughs> he just set his car alarm off. There. Dumbass. <laughs> he jumped up in my lap and he pushed the uh, panic button on my damn keychain. Uh, apologize for any of those that could actually hear that. Hopefully, there's no one. Rebecca. Oh. Huh? Rebecca's in here. Hadouken. Oh, man. So, yes. And along with that, I would not only thanking all the people that came out to see us on Saturday and those that discovered us for this first time. I would also like to s- to thank the people of the state of New York. That's right. Out of curiosity, I ran our analytics for the first time, like, geographically. And we have the second highest listener base in the state of New York, right behind Texas, where we are. And I think that's awesome. And what I think is... I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how that might happen because I... I there's only two people that I know of that I, con- you know, that I uh, contact with on a regular basis that are from, you know, that are from New York. Um, and I know that um, some people I know have family that live there, but I just never would have expected us to get the get the number of listeners and the reception that we've received in New York so far. And I think that's awesome. And of course, number three right behind them is the sun, sh- uh, the Golden State, California. Which of course I have, Hadugan and her, Becky Dugan and her posse, the Ned Files to thank for that. It's just kind of cool to see stuff like that grow. I don't know, called self gratification. I don't really care. That's normal for you. <laughs> what self gratification? Ho 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 ho. Well, <laughs> we're not getting into this now. 
I could say, well, if you what? fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going there with you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Becky's all about uh, on-air <laughs> couples counseling sessions. She has one every week with hers, too. <laughs> Number two, Hugh. <laughs> anyway, that's. Uh, you got any news stories, babe? Yeah. I know you do. I do. Um, and then we're going to play Stump the RoboTuner after this. Yeah. So, I was reading a bunch of different articles about the science of reincarnation. And there is a... <laughs> I have to do that every week. I'm talking right in it. I can hear myself. Okay. Anyway, I think it's the University of Virginia. There is a vagina. There's a psychologist there who has been monitoring children who say that they were somebody else in a former life. He's got 2,500 case files, and most of the children that are included in his case files remember over 60 details of their previous life. Yeah, I remember there was that one that you told me about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, there was a, a little boy. He was, what, three, right? Yeah, he was three he was when he started. Five. Yeah, he, he was three when he... It's usually between the ages of two and six. And he was Ow. three when he started telling his mother that he was afraid his heart was going to explode. And... He kept having bad dreams, and then he would tell he would start directing movies. He'd be like, "Okay, action," and he'd start directing movies, like not real ones, but right, just playing, playing, playing director, yeah. And like Steven Spielberg, it started to age. worry his mother. It it started to worry his mother because he did it so much. And then one night, after a really bad dream, he came to his mom and he goes, "Mom, I think I was so, I think that I was somebody else in another life." And so, I cannot concentrate while you're doing that. You won't leave me alone. So anyway, um, she just happened to be looking through a book about old Hollywood uh, one day. And he was like, hey, I used, well, no, he, he said he used to act with another guy. And I can't remember the name of the guy he used to, oh, George. His name was George. Uh, a 1930s movie called Night After Night. Um, they were paging through this uh, uh, one of the Hollywood books, and he stopped at a black and white steel taken from that movie. And he said, hey, that's George. We did a picture together. And then his finger shot over to the man on the right wearing an overcoat and a scowl. And he goes, that guy is me. I found me. So he saw himself in a 1930s book that he says was him in a previous life. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then um, he was married five times. In a pre- he said he was married five times in a previous life, that he lived on the, a road with the name Rock in it, and that he was 61 when he died, and apparently he died of a heart attack. Well, when they verified, they, they found the guy's name in the book, and they verified every single one of these details. He was married for five times. He died of a heart attack. He lived on a street called Rockwall or something like that. And the craziest part is, is his de- the guy's death certificate says he died when he was 59. But 
the death certificate was wrong. It was wrong. Yeah. And the guy was really 61. And just like the kid said. So that's one of the big, huge files that they have. But I also watched um, a show on like PBS about this little boy who said he was he lived on this island in this house and that he had sisters and brothers and all this stuff and he insisted his name was George he insisted that he lived on this island and it was by a lighthouse and all of these things and he kept insisting it insisting it and driving his mom crazy about it so his mom contacted the same guy from the university and they went over all of the details. They, they even raised enough money so that he could fly to this island and try to find the particular house he lived in. And he found the house. Damn. He did. That's some perseverance right there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the significance Oop. in these findings of reincarnation between for these little kids is the median age at the time of the previous person's death is 28. So that's the median. Uh, most children claiming memories of a past life are between the ages of 2 and 6. 60% of children who claim past life memories are male. Roughly 70% of the children claim they died a violent or unnatural death. Ew. Um, 90% of the children say they were the same sex in a previous life as they are now. That brings me to another story of a little boy who said he died in the 80s. In a big, tall building that had caught on fire and he jumped out of a window. And that he was a black woman. And this is a little white boy. Okay. He's, and he, um, he knew his name. I can't remember the name of the woman that he said her name was. But he knew the name. And he knew the address, the city. And he knew exactly what building he jumped out of. So his mom did research and found a f- big fire in a building. He found... The lady who died, I mean, she, his mom, found the lady that died, contacted the lady's family, and talked to them about her son. That's insane. Yeah, they're all still alive. Well, I mean, it happened in the 80s, and he says that he was that woman in a previous life. Yeah. So I was like, that isn't just crazy, because he was able to, con- by, by her contacting the family, she was able to confirm a lot of the things that this boy was saying about his previous life as a woman. Right, and you got to wonder about the other parties involved in this, too, because I imagine that with all the cases that you hear about these, I imagine that if they do, if the parents of the children that actually do research and do come and find, uh, try to get in contact with the people that knew this other people person, that they claimed to have been in their previous life while they were still alive, a lot of them may just think that they were stalkers or just um, tell them not to contact them anymore. Oh, yeah. You know, I imagine there's a lot of people out there that don't believe in phenomenon like that. Yeah, but apparently these people were very receptive because they, you know, talked to the woman for a lengthy period of time, at least to verify what the boy was saying. And I'm sure to them it was a shock. You know, they're like, whoa, what? But I think, in a way, it kind of it kind of gives you hope that because you don't have confirmation about going to heaven or going to hell or seeing the other side, because you know we we don't really know. But when you see stories like this, 
it's almost like confirmation because it may or may not be true. We still don't know, but it feels like it is true. Yeah, Sylvia Brown's the closest thing we're going to get to knowing what it's the other side's like. Yeah. It feels Five like it's they, true, they and it feels like there's hope there that we do get to see each other in, in other lives. But it's weird that this little boy was born into this family, which means that he's not associated with the family that she was with. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, um, the median time between claimed death and birth is 16 months. 20% of the children claim memories of the time between death and rebirth. So they have memories there, too. Uh. So uh, this uh, scientist, Tucker, is one of the only scientists in the world studying the phenomenon. Uh, he says the strength of the case he encounters varies. Some can be easily discounted, for instance, when it becomes clear that a child's innocuous statements come within a family that desperately missed a loved one. Um, that also brings me to this other story about this woman who had two little kids. One was a, They were both daughters. Uh, I guess one was three, one was six. They got into a car wreck and they died. Uh, the woman got pregnant again and had twins. Both of them were girls. They had birthmarks in the same spot. And when the girls were old enough to start talking, like three, two, three, mm -hmm. they were able to remember toys that the other girls had, parks. They would go want to go visit parks that they had never visited before, but the other d girls had visited there. And um, they had memories of things that the other girls did that they didn't r do because those are the other girls' memories. Wow. Yeah, and that was an American family. So, uh, that had to be like scary and almost comforting to their mother. Mm hmm. You, you can imagine. Yeah. But, um, he says a number of his cases, uh, are logical and the scientific explanation for a claim is simple as it is astounding. The child recalls memories from another life. Either they're being visited by ghosts who are feeding the information, if you believe in ghosts, or they really are experiencing. Um, reincarnation. Reincarnation. So then I wanted to touch on this story. A woman stabbed her boyfriend for eating all of her salsa. Oh, yeah. If he, he should have just waited a couple more days till she was off her period. Everything would have been fine and he would have still been alive. No, she was like, bitch, you ain't eating my salsa. That's my salsa. Stab, stab. Was it only twice? How many times did she stab him? I'm not sure. Um, her, I guess her temper is as hot as her salsa. But I'm punch. She stabbed her boyfriend in the groin with a pen. Ballpoint pen? After he ate all the salsa in their house. He ate every bit of salsa. I'd be like, dude, why'd you eat all the salsa? That's like when y'all eat all the little Debbies. And I'm like, where'd all the little Debbies go? So you would actually kill over something that we could have just as easily bought at the store again? He didn't die. Oh, he I thought you said he died. No, she stabbed him in the groin. Uh, I know, but still, it's like you got that freaking artery down there. Really, Matt? And if she hit that, then there's no way you could survive that. All it says here, Phyllis Jefferson stabbed boyfriend in the groin for eating all her salsa. I never said she killed him. I don't this is your selective listening disorder dysfunctioning. 
just I just heard the stab part. I didn't. Stab, I just assumed stab. that he died. Yeah. Okay. Because so I was guess he pressing charges against the bitch. So I guess if you get stabbed in the groin, your version of it is death. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how John Bobbitt survived, honestly. <laughs> but anyway, um, lucky bastard. They they found it in time to sew it sew it back on. Yeah. Um. His her boyfriend. Where it was telling the police that they were arguing about the salsa when she stabbed him with her pen. She was like, fuck this shit. I'm done with this. I'm going to stab you with the pen. Stab, stab, stab. I need salsa now. I ain't got no money for salsa. Stab. Mm. I don't know. Anyway. um, Must have been some good salsa shit. Then she walked over to the TV and threatened to knock it on the floor. And then he grabbed the TV, and then she went into the kitchen to grab a knife and used it. Oh, and she cut him in the stomach, too. And then she fled the scene, and he called 911. The end. Damn. He's okay, though. They were non-life-threatening wounds. Luckily. Yeah. And so now that brings me to... First lyrics of Guitar Hero 3 songs. I need you to finish. Okay. All right. To finish the sentence. Okay. So this is Stump the Robo Tuner? Yes. Okay. Stump the Robo Tuner. All right. Finished okay. with my woman because she shouldn't help me with my mind. Talk dirty to me. Welcome to the jungle. Raining blood or paranoid? Paranoid. Yes. Paranoid by Black Sabbath off yep. their album Paranoid was ranked number 250 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Times. It has been covered by several artists, including Megadeth and Korn. Yes, and not only that, the original title of that w- album was supposed to be War Pigs, but Warner Brothers would not allow it. Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's who they were assigned to as Black Sabbath. All right, here's the next one. Well, you're the real tough cookie with the long history of breaking Pitney little hearts like the one in me. Okay. Fireworks. Hey, can you pass your tea? I'm thirsty. Yeah, here you go. Thank you. Oh, you bitch, it's <laughs> empty. <laughs> Hit me with your best shot on, I Pat, just did. <laughs> on Pat Benatar's album, Crimson of Crimes of Passion. Hit number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. It is often used at football stadiums during games. Here's the next one. Trapped in purgatory, a lifeless object, alive, awaiting reprisal. Death will be their acquisition. No, no, go on. What are the choices? Raining blood, before I forget, cliffs of Dover, and cool thing. I'm going to guess rain and blood. Yes. Woo. Raining blood was on Slayer's album, Rain in Blood. Yep. It has been covered and used by many other bands, such as In Flames, The Fall of Troy, and Betzfer. Oh, I didn't Bet- know In Flames Bet- covered Zephyr. it. I dig those guys. They're from Sweden. Sweden? Sweden. Here's the next one. You sit okay. there in your heartache, waiting on some beautiful boy to save you from your own ways. Do you want the... Choices? Yes. When you were young, threes and sevens, welcome to the jungle, anarchy in the UK. When you were young. Yes. The Killers. The song was originally on the album Sam's Town by The Killers. It has had mixed reviews, notably both number one on the U.S. Modern Rock Tracks 
And number one on the Newman 10 worst songs you have ever heard. Uh, no, I would, I would put Nickelback above any song by the Killers. I actually have respect for those guys. Yeah, I like the Killers. I don't know why it would be on the 10 worst songs you've ever heard. Mm. All right, here's the next one. I can't remember anything. Can't tell if this is true or a dream. Miss Murder won the medal or even flow. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, 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 it's shit. One. I can remember anything. Can't tell this is true or a dream. And I bet I can name off half of the response on that. That song is based off a book and also a movie adaptation of a movie called Johnny Got His Gun about a Vietnam soldier who got blown the fuck up by a grenade, took off all of his limbs, and it damaged his face to the point where, he couldn't, see. where he couldn't hear, see, or speak. That's a terrible position to be in. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's not what any of this says. <laughs> One was originally on the album and Justice for All by Metallica. Its famous solo was voted seventh on the 100 greatest guitar solos of all time by Guitar World magazine and its readers. The song has the longest break before a guitar part in the whole game of Guitar Hero. Wow. 17 seconds of war sound effects. Why? Yeah, and that song's on the Guitar Hero Metallica. Well, yeah, edition, but yeah. he's this. This is all li- stuff from Guitar Hero Three. But you know what's funny about that? You can actually hear the bass in that version. <laughs> because yes, for those that are familiar with Metallica, this album has also some of the biggest backlashes of backlashes against existing fans of Metallica and critics alike. Because it, on the album, you cannot hear the bass track on any of these songs, and it recently came out. That Lars act that their producer of the album actually said that Lars was the one that made the decision, Lars Ulrich, to make the decision to have the bass down in the tracks because he he was so adamant about having his drums sound a certain way and the bass track just in its entirety conflicted with it. Okay. So there you go. Was we that part of it too? No, but we just wasted a question. Thank you for being long winded there. What question? The next question? Well, you've heard about love given sight to the blind. LaGrange, Lay Down, Slow Ride, or Pride and Joy? Say the lyric again. Well, you've heard about love given sight to the blind. Um, okay. LaGrange, Lay Down, Slow Ride, Pride and Joy. You have 23 seconds. Um, I'm going to guess Lay Down? Nope. Damn it. That's this is sto- this is off of Stevie Ray Vaughan's album. It's Pride and Joy. Texas Flood is the name of the album. The song was written for his wife, along with its Guitar Hero three appearance. Pride and Joy was used in a Nissan Altima commercial. Ah, uh, yeah, they did use a couple of Stevie Ray's songs for commercials. Okay, here's Car the next one. High school seemed like such a blur. I didn't have much interest in sports or school elections. Mississippi Queen, Story of My Life, Rock You Like a Hurricane, or LaGrange? Story of My Life. Yes. Yeah. Story of My Life was off of Social Distortion's self-titled album, Social Distortion. It was never a hit on any major chart, but it is one of Social D's best and most loved songs. Yeah, I hear it on uh, Spotify all the time. Mm -hmm. Not Spotify, but uh, iTunes Radio. Here's the next one. It's early morning, the sun comes out, last night was shaking and pretty loud. Welcome to the jungle, 
School's out before I forget or rock you like a hurricane. Um, before I forget. No. Damn. I don't really know all the lyrics to that song. Rock you like a hurricane. Oh, uh, okay. Rock you like a hurricane was included on Love at First Sting by the Scorpions. Its official and unofficial charting includes number 25 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number four on the greatest guitar riffs of all times. The second list rated by Sync Magazine. Cool. All right, here's the next one. Okay. Look in my eyes, what do you see? I give you fortune. I give you fame. Oh, yeah, this is a cult of personality. Yeah. I've covered this song more times than <laughs> I've. <laughs> no, I'm surprised. It's one of my favorite songs to cover, though, in a cover band. The cult of personality from the Living Color album Vivid, Vivid. includes quotes by Malcolm X, John F. Kennedy, and Franklin D. Roosevelt. In addition, the song also refers to Benito Mussolini, Joseph Stalin, and Mahatma Gandhi. And you can also hear it in grocery stores now. I heard it in Albertsons. But it's it's just a it's an awesome song. It is. It'll it'll never go bad. It's one of those songs that I don't care how many times I've heard it, I still like listening to it. And Living Color can still put on a hell of a show too i i can i would like to go see them yeah ben saw them a couple months ago two months ago oh. they said uh, right up up right up by the stage right next to vernon reed oh well i bet it was awesome and that is all i have okay well let's go ahead and put an end to this week's debacle once again thank you for joining us and if and as always, the invitation is open. If you're local to the DFW area and would like to be a guest, you can send us an email to fujiwa at gmail.com. That's F-U-J-I-W-A-H at gmail.com. Or if you follow me on Facebook, you can send a message to RoboTuner's Insignificant Podcast or if you know me personally, Matt Thomas. Till then, I'd also like to give a shout-out to the usual podcasts that local podcasts that I support, the Jerry Jonestown Massacre, Atypical DFW Podcast, Funky Town Podcast, Digital Frustrations, Brad Reviews an Album, Broke Apocalypse, We the Gamer, and finally, The Net Files out of Buena Park, California. I would also like to add my email address. Please send oh. me anything that you would like to add to this segment. Stump the Robo Tuner. Yes. My email address Don't is send it to me because no. that's cheating. Yeah. So my email address is sushi, S-I-U-X-S-H-I at gmail.com. Make sure when you send stu things for Stump the RoboTuner that you include questions and answers. Yes, that would help also. Yeah. Okay. All right. We are out of here. Until next week. Red Pants. Send all praises, critiques, and death threats to fujiwa at gmail.com. That's F-U-J-I-W-A-H at gmail.com. Copyright 2015, Fujiwa Entertainment. All rights reserved.